At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating out of Burlington, Vermont. 105.9 The Radiator. It's the Rocket Shop. Good evening. I'm your host, Tom Proxer, and with me tonight is Ula Blue. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me, Tom. Oh, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah. Um, Happy well, to we, be here. <laughs> well, we like kicking off with a song, so what have you got yeah, for us? Yeah, sure. So I'll start with the song that I most recently released. It's called Hang Up the Phone, and I wrote it... Um, I started writing it the night that my dad passed away, so it's very near and dear to my heart, and it has taken a lot of my grief, um, which is nice. <laughs> so. Nothing's the same, no, nothing's the same, no, nothing's the same. 
song must have been quite difficult for you. I yeah. read that, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you, as you mentioned last time you spoke to your dad, but mm -hmm. it sounds like you, you started writing pretty much immediately after that phone call. Finished. Yes. But yeah. it, it took you a year to then finish the track itself. Mm -hmm. What in, what was kind of going through your mind at that moment, and mm -hmm. why did that translate to to needing to kind of put this into words and put this into into music the moment yeah. this was happening. Yeah, so I started the song with the piano um, intro and I was actually on a flight on my way to Ottawa. My dad had stage four stomach cancer. So um, I had gotten a call from my mom that I should come home. And at the time I didn't know that he had passed away. Um, but I started the song after I had gotten off the phone with him and he couldn't... Um, speak so it was kind of this like moment of words not being enough um, and that was the first time that really ever happened to me I think I I'm a writer so words always seem to be enough and then at that point it all changed so this song was my way of kind of coming to terms with the fact that I'd never really have the words um, and that, that that's okay. So yeah, and that's why it took me, I think, so long to write because it uh, was a nat natural evolution of like grief and they're like every different part of the song is a different part of my grief and how it translated into my life. So yeah. Did you feel it was really necessary for you to f finish this this song was it because it was such a part of the process of your grief was it yeah it was very important for this to get done yeah and I at the time um I had demoed it a couple of times when I was living in New York and then I um when the pandemic hit I came back home to Vermont and that was when I started working on actually recording it with my producer so in that way it kind of had this really interesting evolution of going from demo tape to my like second single release and the one I'm probably the most proud of um, because it did take so much of my uh, person <laughs> to create and it feels very me, which is awesome. Yeah, Yeah, you really pour your soul out while singing it. It's yeah. very obvious just being in front of you and it meaning it's you can clearly see it means a lot to you um as yeah. you are in front of a, a not too small of an audience how uh, how does that feel to kind of kind of bear your soul um yeah. in, in this kind of audience and then any kind of audience you played this yeah. song in front of so far well i think that's what i am supposed to do as a musician um that's like my vulnerability is what allows people in to the space and to enjoy the music um, and also to partake in their own vulnerability. So it felt like a very important thing for me to write about because it's such a big part of my life that it allows me to communicate more effectively with people that are 
in front of me or far away from me. Um, yeah. Do you, I mean, th this particular song and this particular subject is, uh, uh, it, it's, it's particularly um, difficult to, to write and sing about and, mm -hmm. um, and kind of bear your soul um, around this particular I issue. Do you find your, you also uh, find other moments in your life which are also difficult that you then write about and, and perform? Absolutely. That's, I think music has always been my um, release for emotion and I'm generally a very, very happy-go-lucky person in my day-to-day -day life, so I don't think that I showcase a lot of the emotional side of me. Um, so music is where I let that out and where I feel free to like be my saddest self, be my happiest self, be my angriest self. Um, that feels like a really good way to channel that energy. And that is where I think I feel most myself is in that channeling of energy. So, yeah. Does anyone who's friends with you and gets to know you outside of the musical sphere get surprised when you kind of go on stage or start performing the, uh, the juxtaposition between you know you being happy go lucky and the songs that you sing are that are quite mm. quite raw and very emotional? Yeah, I think um, initially people have seemed to be a bit surprised. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of my sister who called me when I released that song and she was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you just did that," and. It's funny because she obviously knows me super, super well. We grew up together, and she knows that side of me. Um, but even she was surprised at my like channeling of my grief into a song that I then perform for people. Um, so that, in that way, yes, I think people sometimes are a bit surprised, but that's also what I hope people are. <laughs> so. After you finish, uh, after you finish a set or perform live, mm -hmm. and you've you've performed several songs that are obviously uh, pretty emotionally raw, um, do you, is there a feeling of a release at the end of that, or relief, or do you, do you come off and you kind of need a, a day or so to kind of recover from that and get back to you know your quote mm. unquote regular self, or yeah, is it that moment once you're off stage, then all right, I'm back back to the way I usually am. Um, I do think it is a release for me and I am able like getting off stage I do feel like lighter and um, I almost forget about it until it happens and then I'm like oh this is why I like this <laughs> like this feels good and so I I, I think I do kind of go back to that like happy-go-lucky person I am definitely somebody that needs to like decompress and have my alone time and I'm like introverted but somewhat extroverted so um, that in that way I have to play with social interactions and know what I need and when I need to step away and that's where I think also the writing happens in that time when I'm away from everything and everyone and that's such a big part of my life so I need to honor that so yeah do you find you have to a very intentionally carve out space to write uh, you mm -hmm. know shut your bedroom door, get everyone out yeah. of the house, make sure nothing's going to disturb you? Or uh, or do you find that space quite naturally occurring quite regularly and able to kind of just tap into? It does happen very regularly, and I think that's because I've, like, worked to make it a regular practice. So I write almost every single night before bed, um, not necessarily music, just write. And uh, I am always kind of thinking about 
I, I kind of see the world as things to make into art. That is how I think I take in most of the world around me, is to then communicate certain things to people. So I'm always getting material. I'm always thinking of like whether it's a melody or words or you know just like a list of things that I want to do today <laughs> I'm always writing pretty much um whenever I get the chance so uh so when you go off to bed at night and you take your journal out mm -hmm. is there ever a time where you you feel like you're journaling and all of a sudden it turns into a song or even vice versa <laughs> where you think you're writing a song it's like actually no I'm just kind of yeah. <laughs> um, I keep them pretty separate, I think, and that's probably because I didn't always think of myself as a songwriter. Um, I thought of myself as a writer first and like kind of more of a poet. So turning things into song, I came a little bit after, so I am able to compartmentalize. Um, and also, I think I try and do different things through song than I try and do through like my other writing, um, which honestly I don't really put out into the world. That is more of a me space that I use to process like all of the things that maybe then I write about in a song. So uh, it kind of gets all my ideas out and flowing and then I'll be able to translate those ideas into music in a more succinct and like, I guess, immediate way. Um, and that's what's so awesome about music. You can communicate all of these different emotions and feelings all in like a three minute space. And that is so cool. <laughs> Yeah. So. Um, so your journal or your, your <laughs> book of poetry or whatever medium you do write in, you use that as inspiration for when you you write your songs. You kind of flip through it and kind of. Yeah, sort of I have like them. I have a box of journals in my like I have a storage unit and a box of journals in the storage unit. And every once in a while, I'll just go and open up a random one and flip to a random page. And if nothing else, sometimes it just makes me laugh or cry or, and, and in that way, I'm reminded of ideas that I've had maybe four years ago, five years ago that I, I'm like, oh, why didn't I finish that song? Why didn't I like ever go back to that? And then in that way, I have songs that have been in the works for 10 years now that are not finished, but I, when I have the space and time to actually finish them, I put a lot of energy into that, so that's really nice. <laughs> yeah. Out of curiosity, how long have you been journaling for? Oh, my whole life. I've been, yeah, I feel like I've been writing my entire life. So um, you can you can literally go back to when you're like six years old and yeah. bring up that book and, and find yeah. out what you have to do. I think I used to try and write songs when I was like six years <laughs> old, and I'm pretty sure they were all really, really lame, which is good because you have to write a lot of bad songs to write good songs. I, so. I think if you're going to have that moment to write bad songs, I think six years old is forgivable. Yeah, exactly. I, think you're okay on that front. <laughs> I still write bad songs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'd love to hear another song. Yeah, so, cool. what have you got for us? Sounds good. This one is called Feeling, and this also kind of plays with the idea that like words aren't enough, and sometimes just like sound and music is enough.
by Ula Blue. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, the the tracks, especially the ones you're bringing to us, uh, are, as you said, emotionally charged. Mm -hmm. They they really touch the soul. Um, has this been the, the trajectory of your songwriting career? Have you always started with these really deep and personal songs and, and it's just kind of developed from there? Or it, did it start in a different direction and you found yourself in this place? Mm, that's a really good question. I I think it has always been very personal for me um, and like this pure form of expression and it's only recently that I've started to also like write things that are a little lighter um, topic wise and I think maybe that's because I'm a little lighter topic wise so <laughs> I, I think a lot of the songs like so far both of the ones I've played were written two years ago um, and I have one song that I'll play next that is on my guitar that I wrote just like four months ago and you can kind of feel there's a difference in like a little light more lightness to it um, so I do think like I have this natural progression of topic matter and right now I'm like at home I'm writing more like fun kind of poppy things just because that's how I'm feeling so I hope that I'll also have a mix of things that make people just like want to dance which will be sick but yeah I'm I haven't recorded most of that yet so has this been a trend post-pandemic feeling you know lighter we can go out see each other we're not wearing masks or is it has it been something else or has it been another change in your life that's facilitated this change to something mm. lighter and a little bit more uh, yeah. you know got a bit more levity to it yeah, I think actually it's like during the pandemic that happened. Um, I think I was, I I was able to 
kind of reset and I found that I was needed more space and time to kind of like heal um, from the death of my dad and just like the past couple of years in my life and I got that during the pandemic and there was nobody I had to answer to but myself and in that way I think that allowed my like I was able to process all of this heavy matter and now I feel like I'm able to create things that are a lot lighter because I now know what I need as a person in order to be lighter so yeah that makes sense yeah absolutely and I I am curious about how you became a singer-songwriter in the first place. You said you'd been writing since you were like six, and, mm-hmm. but that's that's kind of a private side of you. And then you you started to discover that you writing poems and mm-hmm. and poetry and and then songs. When was that crossover moment? Because you don't consider yourself a writer as such, but you do consider yourself a songwriter. So mm-hmm. when did that when did that moment for you kind of happen? Where you're like, no, I am I'm a songwriter. I'm a singer. Yeah, I remember it actually very vividly. I had been studying abroad and I had not played piano or guitar or sang for like three years and somebody posted to a Facebook group when I was in Scotland saying, hey, I'm giving away this free nylon string guitar. I was like, sick, I'll take that. And he came and dropped it off at my flat, which was dope. And suddenly I just started writing and I was like, whoa, this is interesting. And I... um, I think I wrote this song like, Joe, I'm not the kind of girl you get to know, something like that. And I just like felt this shift at that point. And when I came back from overseas, I got really into songwriting just like right away. And I started playing out. And I think like my first show was at the Radio Bean. So I was like just trying to get in front of people and practice performing a little bit more and and seeing what people thought of my songs because I had no idea I'm just like I I guess that I liked that but I don't know if you'd like that so yeah that that was kind of the moment and from there I haven't stopped I've just been like music 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 which is fun (laughs) I'm assuming during the pandemic there was a little bit of a hiatus forced yeah performing wise yeah um how did you manage in that period of time it sounds like you had a bit of a reset anyway mentally Mm -hmm. in in your own life but in terms of being able to perform and get those songs out there and get that immediate feedback how did you how did you fill that gap yeah so I lost my job at the start of the pandemic I was like one of those unemployed people um and that kind of motivated me to go back to school so I went, I enrolled at the University of Miami and got my master's in music. Um, and that was pretty much how I spent the entire pandemic was doing my master's, which was awesome. It was all online so I could like do everything else in my life and still be in school. And during that time, I got connected with my producer who's down in Nashville and we started working on the songs that I've released. And that was a really cool thing during that time because I wasn't necessarily performing, but I was constantly working on more of the production side. And I had the space to work on the production side. And that's now what I am very interested in is like, how can I make these soundscapes? Um, Because before it was just me and guitar or piano and my voice. 
And now I'm like, oh, I want like a full band and synths and all of these things that I kind of see in my head that now I have the ability to actually create through a studio setting. So um, for that, I'm, I think the pandemic was perfect and I kind of wouldn't have it any other way. It actually motivated me to record my songs and put them out into the world, which is, you know, very much what it takes to continue doing it. So, yeah. Uh, so now you are a producer and apparently putting your own producer out of a job, potentially. <laughs> um, and you kind of want to get those bigger sounds, a bit mm -hmm. more of a soundscape. Um, does that mean you're reconsidering being a solo artist? You're like, no, I'm, I'm still going to do this all by myself. This is, mm. this is mine and mine alone to, to work with. No, I would love a band. And I've had bands on and off. Um, I've played a couple of shows with full bands. And there's nothing like that energy. And it's so fun to do it with other people. And so I, I really do want that. And that was like the pandemic kind of cut some things in that sense. And I think a lot of musicians felt that where like, it's like, okay, wait, I can't get together with these other artists that I've been playing with and working with. So it also kind of reset people because now suddenly, now the pandemic's over-ish in Vermont at least, um, people are able to go out and play with people they maybe either played with before or never played with and so there's that kind of freedom as an artist right now which I love and that's um what I'm looking for is a band that that is where I see things kind of expanding and becoming more uh I guess fun like I want people to dance and like you need drums to do that really <laughs> so it would be great to find a drummer if anybody's listening talk well, to me <laughs> those those are very rare around these parts I know I'm sure you know I know yeah that's why I'm moving <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I was gonna I was gonna bring that up so you said you produce this from Nashville uh, yeah. apparently you you're going to be moving down to Nashville yourself mm -hmm. so uh yeah tell us a little bit about what's going to happen there when we're gonna lose you uh, I'm leaving in a week. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, this is my last week in Vermont, which is fun. I have a lease down there in East Nashville, which is like more suburban area. And I am just going to be playing music. That's my goal. I want to like really put all my energy into this and see if I can make something happen in the near future. Um, so, I mean, I have a master's in music and I'm able to, like, if I need to go and get a job at, like, a place in Nashville. And that's where being in a place where there is more of a music industry is really important because I could make money there, which is hard in Vermont. And it's not that the community isn't super supportive and that there are opportunities. There's just not as many opportunities. In Nashville, you can play out, like, four days a week if you want to. So that's kind of where I see myself and where I see myself also finding the other people that I want to be around as musicians. And I do have a guitarist there. Um, so in that sense, he, he actually, we went together, we went to UVM together. So he's been there for two years. So I'm moving down there and he's going to play guitar for me and I need to build the rest of the band. So... That's so exciting though. Mm -hmm. You must be you must be just hopping with uh yeah, with nerves and excitement yeah. and <laughs> expectation and anticipation. Yep. Um but it's great that you've already got someone down there, kind mm -hmm. of already plays down there and uh kind of knows the scene and everything. 
Um, I've had a couple of friends go down to Nashville for very similar reasons. Um, but at the same time, there's, there's plenty of other cities kicking around with, mm. with a great scene as well. Obviously, you've got Chicago, New York City, which it mm. sounds like you've already yeah. been there and done that. Philadelphia is huge. And, of course, you can't forget uh, California or even up in Portland, um, which has also got a solid scene. Why? What is it about Nashville itself that's drawing you in? Yeah, so I think one of the big things is that my producer is like five minutes from my house. That's going to be really nice. I can actually record with him because during the pandemic, I was sending him like my sheets and demos and he would record the bands and then I would record my vocals at home. So being in that space when they're actually creating the music with the musicians is something that I think is really important for me and I want to be there. So that's how I see myself working moving forward. Also, rent is cheap there compared <laughs> to a lot of other places. Yeah, I lived in Brooklyn and I'm like, okay, I don't really need to be in a tiny one bedroom if I can have a full house in Nashville for less. So that was one thing. Um, and also, I like the idea of being in a place that has a lot of singer-songwriters and country music. I think I really like like to focus on like the wordsmith thing of it. And uh, in other cities, that isn't always the biggest emphasis. Sometimes it's more on the like actual show and costumes and things. At least that's what I found in New York was like it was very uh, like what kind of illusions can I pull, which is fun and important, but I'm ready to be in a place that is a little bit more on the songwriting end of things and where people go to be a part of that and also to work with other songwriters in a more intimate setting. So, And it's pretty intimate there. Like as It's not really that big, which is nice coming from Vermont. I am very much in need of trees and I know that about myself now. So Nashville has trees. Yeah, it seems to tick all, all the right boxes for yeah. you. Um, well, we would love to hear another song. Yeah, so where right. do you go for us? I'm just going to move the mic real quick. So yeah, this next one is the song that I've been currently recording um, and I think I might try and retrack a lot of it because uh, it feels like I need to approach it from a different perspective so you're going to hear the raw version it's called If I Only Had Today Today. 
To, to know uh, in terms of piano and, and guitar, which which is your preferred method in terms of to sing with and to mm. to best complement your voice and your style? I have only recently that actually this is the first time I'm like doing something in public with a piano, um, and that is because piano is very near and dear to me, and it almost felt like too much, too raw. 
So I do think I see myself going more towards piano now because I think that's what I want. I have been playing mostly guitar also because it's easier to transport and I didn't have a nice keyboard until very, very recently. So uh, that that is where I, I'm kind of shifting a little bit more and I'm getting more of the sound I want on keys. But a lot of the time, especially with a song like this, um, I haven't yet figured out the production, so I like just being there with a guitar and kind of doing that almost like writer's round kind of feel. So I, I feel like guitar makes sense for me on some songs right now, and eventually I want them on piano, but they're not ready yet, so. I, I find it kind of funny that the playing piano <laughs> in public is apparently the step beyond for you. <laughs> considering the nature of the, some of the songs you yeah, sing. Yeah, I guess so. It's funny, I feel like guitar is like a shield, literally. Like, it's right in front of me. So I do think I feel like it shields me from like actually being right there in front of the audience. And so piano doesn't really allow me to like put a shield up, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's got that kind of physical presence. It puts something in between you and the audience, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Which, uh, which I guess can make you feel a lot safer, especially yeah. if it's something you're used to. Yeah, and I also have weird hand issues lately, so I can't play guitar for as long as I used to be able to. Piano's a little easier, so. I I wouldn't have guessed that it was piano that was, it was yeah. new to this, because you, you do play it very well. Thanks. Um, You've had a couple of recent gigs. Um, one is Stow Cider, uh, one with VPR. Do you want to talk a little bit about what, what you did with VPR? Uh, well, VPR, so they have like a safe and sound radio station. So they played uh, both of my releases on there, which was awesome. Um, and uh, that, I think, is it. I don't know if there was anything more on um, VPR. Our curiosity was the, was, so was the Stow Cider gig, the first gig post-pandemic kind of I had I put on a show September the first September of the pandemic um so out in Hardwick a couple of friends and I uh Clever Girls if you know them Chazzy Lake um we all made a drive-in concert because there were no performing opportunities so we decided to make our own so we had like a flatbed, uh, like trailer kind of situation that was definitely very, very dangerous. And that was what we put the band on. And then we had about like 20 cars that came. Um, so that was really fun. We actually sold out the show, which was sick. We were not expecting really anything because it was our first time putting something on like that. And also it was in the middle of a pandemic. But people came and they really enjoyed it. And that was honestly great it was the most fun I've had in a really long time and so that was kind of the first pandemic show I guess and then Stowe Cider was the like one that people could come to and really like sit at and be comfortable so yeah it felt really good and I am excited to get back out in front of people again so oh I mean there'll be plenty of opportunities in Nashville yeah. I'm very sure <laughs> Um, what was that first gig like being back and, and being able to have that immediate audience feedback and reaction and mm -hmm. I'm sure the, the the one where you're playing to to a sold out uh, sold out gig 
Mm-hmm. To a bunch of cars, though, yeah. is not quite the same feel. To no. It. So how is that kind of how is that that initial gig it, back back to normality, if you will? Yeah, it felt great. I I have been working a lot on my voice, and I've paid a lot of attention to just performing and the way I perform my songs and how I choose to uh, put information out. So, in I felt really prepared. Um, because I had been working the entire pandemic on that and working on my sets and working on actually playing songs for people. Even though there weren't people there, I was like just imagining. Um, so it felt really good and it reminded me, I guess, why I'm doing it. And, and I think that was something that it was hard to find the motivation to like, because I, I tried Twitch that was not the same. It was fun, but not the same. So I'm, I'm definitely more into the live audience in front of you. You can, if you wanted to, go touch them, but I wouldn't. <laughs> so, yeah. But you're allowed to now, yeah. because post-pandemic. Kind of. Um, <laughs> so I, I do see that you, you are going to be working on an album down mm-hmm. in Nashville. Yeah. Um, so when do you expect that to be out and ready, or is this kind of early days right now? It's definitely early days. Um, one of the big things is funding. So I self-funded both of my singles, and I was planning on doing an EP, but then I decided that it's probably better to save those songs for a bigger project, lengthier project. So it will probably be a while. I'm waiting to hear on some grants that I applied for. So if I get the grants, then I'll be able to get into the studio and do at least like six more songs which would be amazing. I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of waiting on having the money to do it, honestly. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, the way the music industry goes, I'm yeah. afraid. Um, well, um, we've got about time for one more song, but before I let you go, could mm-hmm. you let us know, are you playing at all before you leave? Yes, so I have a gig in Essex on July 11th, 5 to 7 p.m. at... Black Flannel Brewery, if you know the double E area, it's right there. So yeah, I'll be there five to seven, and then three days later, I'm leaving the state. So that will be my last one in Vermont for the foreseeable future. So definitely come on out if you want to see it. You can follow my Facebook for the event page. Yeah. And so if if people do want to follow you on uh, social media, where how they, how they find you? Yeah, so on Facebook it's Ula Blue Music. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's OG Warrior Princess. So yeah, that's from high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, I have a website, ulabluemusic.com. I just revamped my website, which was fun. So yeah, it looks kind of like fun and fancy now, which is nice. <laughs> I can uh, confirm that it's very flashy. <laughs> uh, um, well, we have got about time for one more song, so yeah. we're going to play that one. Um, I'm going to play this song around that I also wrote a long time ago. So. Summers turn to winter, winters turn to rain. 
spend the daylight sleeping in the kin to each other's skin back then. You were my everything. Now my patience has an end, and I can no longer pretend that you feel the same. And I hope when I'm alone that one day I'll feel at home without you anyways.
playing us out there with a round. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, honestly, any time, if you do come back from Nashville, please yeah. send us up. We'd love to speak to you again. Thanks, Tom. Love you guys. Thanks, Big Heavy World and The Radiator. You guys are awesome. Well, before we go, I do want to mention that uh, on the Rocket Shop, Spotify at the moment, if you Google, sorry, Spotify, A Decade of the Rocket Shop, there is a fantastic playlist which has uh, Rocket Shop shows from 2010 to 2020. Uh, there will also be um, uh, new shows coming up on that uh, playlist uh, in the next few weeks, uh, made by one of, Spotify, uh, one of Big Heavy World's own, Leah Segan. Dworsky. So um, if you do like listening to The Rocket Shop, that is a great playlist to listen to. Um, join us next week. We've got two returning guests, Night Protocol and not next two weeks. Thank you very much, Bob. Two weeks from now, we've got Night Protocol and Princess Nostalgia coming on. Uh, massive, massive bands. So please listen in. Uh, this has been The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proctor, and good night. Got a barbels in my mouth for the last two minutes, though. <laughs> 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 <laughs>